Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner, who is live via satellite one more time. The Paradise Islands call remains strong. It's the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing okay. I'm not on a on a uh, on a luxurious uh, island retreat uh, like you are. So, you know, some of us some of us has to have to work. I know it's awful, isn't it? I I I suppose so. Um. <laughs> hey, I'm still taking time to do this show because I think it's a good show. I mean, sure, let's tell the people that. Well, at least there's one of us. Maybe two. Maybe I can sway you. I mean, well, I guess you'll have to try. Because at this point, I don't know if I'm a believer. You're, you're not a believer, or you're not a believer? Or you're not a believer? I don't know if I'm any of those things. Those are those are three very different things. But anyway, I'll tell you who's a believer. Shane McMahon. He's got to be. <laughs> That's right. That was the news. Was that... Uh, I've lost track of time. That was yesterday, wasn't it? I wanna, I've lost track of time as well. So it was either yesterday or early this morning. But I think it was yesterday. I believe that was yesterday. That was yesterday being Wednesday, July 19th. Um... As Shane McMahon um, was in a helicopter crash and got out unscathed. Yeah, and, and just uh, so we're clear, the best everyone thing already, of- everyone already did the jokes. Everyone uh, already did the he wanted to take that bump and so forth and so on. But, I still uh, think I still think the best thing, just because of the honesty of it, was um, from X Pac. Who uh, Xbox, aka Sean Waltman, who uh, who right after it happened, I want to pull up the tweet at this moment because it it was good, honest. It's uh, the only thing he tweets about it. Of course, he survived a helicopter crash. It's Shane. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, you idiots! Of course. Oh man! Well, that's how you get away with. Uh, that's how you get away with doing the spot when everyone says you're not going to. Remember, remember, we did say that he was probably going to have to jump out of a helicopter at WrestleMania to like hit AJ Styles with an elbow or something. I mean, I don't want to say we called it, but we kind of called it. Well, unfortunately, so did everyone else. I think kayfabe commentary beat us to it. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> um, but yeah, Shane is okay. Presumably going to be at Battleground this Sunday in um, Philly. Did you They're see the, a lot of? Did you see the very uncomfortable uh, moment in the interview following? Um, so all the news outlets originally reporting saying there's a helicopter crash, everybody, the pilot and the one other individual seem to be okay. Um, and then he's giving an interview after the fact. Now, a lot of people have figured out who he is by this point, but he's giving an interview near where essentially he 
came back ashore and they somebody uh, a reporter asks him about you know how what how are you are you okay da, da 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 and he says yeah i'm fine everything's good my pilot you know my pilot was calm so it calmed me down and the reporter follows up with are you vince mcmahon's son and it's like <laughs> i did see that wait 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 wait, 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 wait. that was your follow-up and, yeah, and hold goes, on are you vince mcmahon's son and he goes yes yeah. i am <laughs> yes goes, i am oh, they just wanted me to ask it's like, no, at that point, it's like, don't, if you, as a reporter, as a journalist, if you know it's a stupid question, if you don't have to ask it, don't ask it. It was almost like, it was almost like this, like, oh my god, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Can I have an autograph? Are you important? <laughs> are you it a celebrity? Like um, yeah, it's... It was a little cringy, um, to say the least. But yeah, but apparently he crashed um, close to the shores of, of New York, to where people on the beach could see the crash. So um, probably very scary for everyone involved. Perhaps, but you got to um, think: is it more scary to crash in a helicopter or an airplane? I would think helicopter. I don't know. I almost feel like it it would depend on the crash. He the way it was the way it was reported is that it was a controlled landing. So you assume they know they're going in the water, but at least they're able to go down in such a way that they're kind of in control of the situation. The problem with planes is you can't really touch down softly when you hit water. Um, yeah, because you you have to hit at a certain level of speed because either the plane is going straight down. Or you're able to skim across the water, at least a little bit on the top, which means you have to be going fast anyway. So, at least with a helicopter, you could, assuming the engine was working, give a little thrust and make that landing a little less painful. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's scary, but uh, like I said, he's, he's supposed to be at Battleground on Sunday, so maybe we should uh, talk about that a little bit. Uh, I know they're having trouble selling out the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, it is a bigger than usual uh, arena that WWE runs. It holds a few thousand more people than they're used to, so that has something to do with it. Um, also, it's a SmackDown show, which generally does worse than the Raw brand, even though it's a pay-per-view and it's got John Cena and Randy Orton and the Punjabi prison match. Um, they're still having troubles. They've dropped all the ticket prices um, as low as $25 for the previously $55 seats. So they're really trying to get people in, and we'll see how they do. Clearly, we should go. I mean, how far is Philly? Uh, from my front door, two to two and a half hours. Uh, two. I would say an hour and a half to two hours. My bad. I'm thinking that's of the other side. So that's not bad. For you, probably an hour, hour and a half. That's not bad. Maybe we should. Well, It'll I'm moving, second, so that's uh, unlikely. second pay-per-view in a row that we would have gone to. Although, I wouldn't be upset. I've been dying to see a SmackDown show, and we're only getting Raw shows. That's true, and we would get to see the Punjabi prison. In which, living color. Which you have to see in person, according to one John Bradshaw Layfield. 
it yeah. dwarfs Hell in a Cell. Yeah, can, it's an can interesting... We just talk, can we just talk about what is the next two weekends for the Wells Fargo Center for just a second? Uh, sure. Saturday, Hans Zimmer live on tour. <laughs> I dig that. I would go to that. I would go to that. <laughs> Battleground on Sunday. The following week, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Huh. And Queen with Adam Lambert. Oh, I was so scared you were about to say Queen with Chester Bennington. Mm, and I was I was about to be like, wow. Okay, so that's a bit that's that's a bit much. Yeah. Today's a bit it's, of a I don't sad know what's day. going on. We need to uh we need to get our aging rock stars together and just have a talk and be like, guys, if you're upset, you know, let us know. If anyone's upset, if you're listening to this podcast and you're upset, talk to somebody. Yes, don't, please. Don't do anything drastic. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, a little, little bit of a sad sad portion of today. Um, I saw, I did see a lot of wrestlers actually tweeting about it, specifically uh, the Young Bucks. Uh one of the young yeah, bucks. Yeah, I don't know if he was a fan or if he knew any of the guys. Well, I, mean, I think certainly... the one thing to think about it is, as with in the case with us to a degree, this was kind of one of the big bands of this current generation. Um, yeah, definitely. So a lot of them kind of, and one of the things too is that it's not uncommon. Most of us, especially in the early days of YouTube, would go watch like, cut-up highlight videos that people had made. We've probably all seen a Linkin Park wrestling highlight video at some point. Most definitely. For Uh, a period of time, it felt like any video on YouTube was to a Linkin Park song. Which wasn't necessarily bad, unless you really, really hated them, but... I mean, yeah. I always... I mean, they weren't, like, my favorite band, but you gotta realize... I mean, they were good, don't get me wrong. Um... You gotta realize that wrestling and music kind of are very similar businesses and kind of go hand in hand. And um, I think music certainly helps enhance the wrestling experience. And you know, Lincoln Park was right in there, right in that you know time where kind of the tides were changing, and it was kind of like you said, this new generation. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of the workers today have, you know, worked out, trained, you know, like for me personally, I get inspiration from songs, whether it be lines, certain lyrics that I'll use in promos or, you know, just kind of storylines or, or anything along those lines, you know, so it, it most likely influenced wrestling along the way, Um but anyway, I don't want to stay on a sad topic for too long. To to bring um, all that back around, you mentioned the Wells Fargo Center is a little bigger than normal. Um, mm-hmm. Wells Fargo Center, according to Wikipedia, don't use it as a source, college kids, um, hosts or do. its seats for pro wrestling, 19,514. Yeah. So that's, you know, when they were in the royal farms arena last month for extreme rules i'm sure wells fargo center has a good five to seven thousand seats on royal farms um yeah so you know and that's that's 
five to seven thousand seats, you're talking about an episode of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown right there. So not only do you have to fill up a pay per view, but then on top of that, what they would do on a normal week. Um, so yeah, I don't think anyone will fault them for not selling it out. Maybe plan a little bit better if you know that you're going to have not one of the major pay-per-views and not even a raw pay-per-view. Uh, maybe don't book a, a building so large, but you know we'll 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 see what they do. Hope uh, it's not going to be one of those TNA. Uh, you know, pictures that we used to see online where everyone was shuffled to the side of the arena where the camera was pointing. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be sad or anything like that. It's just, um, you know, they're not selling out, but the ratings were up. Um, SmackDown was up a few percents. Uh, Raw did its best number uh, since the Superstar shakeup. Uh, of course, Raw had the big Kurt Angle reveal, which we'll, I'm sure, get into. <laughs> Um, SmackDown had, um, you know, John Cena on it, who is such an asset. I don't, you know, for a while I doubted whether or not everything they said about Cena was true in terms of his drawing power. But I think this year, especially when you look at it, when he wasn't there, when he was away filming, uh, American Grit versus mm-hmm. now, and he's only been back two weeks. Uh, the ratings are up, the live attendance is up, and um, really, there's no other reason than John Cena. So, if it wasn't true before, it's true now. That's what mm-hmm. I'll say. Gotcha. Um, sorry, I'm uh, I'm looking at the Wells Fargo Center's history. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you like to take a quick run through? Uh, what the Wells Fargo Center has hosted in regards to WWE pay-per-views? Sure. The biggest one would be its first. Uh, Wells Fargo Center opened in 1996, replacing the Philadelphia Spectrum. Um, And it would be the host to WrestleMania 15. Uh, Mm -hmm. Following that would be Unforgiven 2000. And then it would be a long stretch before WWE would host a pay-per-view. Of course, they host Raw and SmackDown regularly in Philadelphia, so that was never really an issue. WWE Mm -hmm. Survivor Series 2006, which would have been the first Survivor Series of that uh, second run of DX. Uh, Yes, that's the one where Kofi Kingston lost his accent. uh, leading, Leading the team and everyone's cheering for CM Punk, right? I believe so, yes. Um... CM Punk was on that team. Kofi Kingston lost his accent on that team um, mm-hmm. and got called out on it by Triple H. Uh, it also hosted Night of Champions 2009, Money in the Bank 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. It hosted, I missed one, it hosted the Royal Rumble in 2004, again mm-hmm. in 2015, and as we already know, will host the Royal Rumble in 2018 along with Battleground this Sunday, and NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, which will be the night before the Royal Rumble. We're going to the Rumble, right? I feel like we should. I feel like we're close if, if, enough that we really kind of have to. If, we got, if we're going to go to Battleground. <laughs> I don't know, think we're going to go to Battleground, go to because I think both of us have too many things to do. Um but, yeah, um, but I, I could. Think I we think we can out, make we that. We people to go to NXT and stay the night and go to Royal Rumble, which is what I'm thinking. 
Um, since I think a mania trip next year might be a bit soon. Um, maybe we, that we do the rumble instead. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm down for that. Okay. Book it. (laughs) Royal rumble Uh, 2018. Over the Barricade podcast will be live. We actually should... You know what we should do? Is go go to TakeOver and do a, like, do a recording on Sunday between TakeOver and the Rumble. Or, you know, the night, like, immediately following TakeOver, we get back to the hotel, record our thoughts, and do a do prediction for the Royal Rumble and stuff like that. I don't have a problem with that. All right. Cool. Plan well, set. We've got our January plans set to go now. So, um, sounds good. All right. So let's go through a couple other things uh, that are on the docket before we get into Battleground. Uh, the New Japan G1 Climax is underway. Uh, days one and two have just gone by. No spoilers. Um, but that tournament is progressing along, and there's already been some pretty insane matchups um we've already had kota abushi and tetsuya naito they were day one um which uh according to dave Meltzer, in a normal year would have been a match of the year uh you know possibility but <laughs> in this year in, in this year where we have omega and okada we have an embarrassment of riches I really do need this to get New Japan World. It's it's it's. I think it's time. Um, it might be. Also, another news story, and we briefly, I think, mentioned it yesterday, um, or yesterday, last week. <laughs> it feels like yesterday in some ways. Uh, we briefly, I think, we touched on the Alberto El Patron and Page thing that's ha- come up, which. Uh, yeah. Uh, Not the El- best situation. After an incident at an airport that had conflicting reports all the way around from three or four different people, mm-hmm. uh, Alberto El Patron was suspended by Global Force Wrestling, which, if you're not paying attention, is now what used to be TNA and Impact Wrestling is now Global Force Wrestling, but it's, I think, still Impact Wrestling. It's very confusing. He is the Global Force... the name of the show is Impact, like Monday Night Raw... It's GFW Impact. Right, right. So um, now it's Global Force Wrestling. He is GFW's world champion. He beat Bobby Lashley to bring together the TNA World Heavyweight Championship and the Global Force Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. He is the champion, was suspended mm-hmm. 30 days last week. Now, I think it's definitely, right? Uh, it was only a 30-day suspension the last I had heard. Um, there is an investigation going on. However, news came out yesterday, and uh, this is from the New York Post, so it's not a wrestling blog. This is actually a... a, However you feel about journalism, this is a a, uh, somewhat of a journalistic institution. Um, However, according to their reporting, Page apparently is facing a battery charge in a fi- in the fight with Alberto El Patron. Um, apparently, the Orlando Police Department is pushing for uh, battery charges against Page. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'll break it down just a little bit from what I, I know of the situation. So we know um, we, we know nothing other than what we've heard. We're not that in, <laughs> as far, right, as, right. I mean, as, far as anything I, in particular. However. However, yes. Um, so they were at a restaurant in an airport. Um, Paige's uh, uncle uh, is having health issues um that could you know could be it could be her uncle's time and uh but apparently they've been going on and they've been stressing her out she's been getting a lot of calls and and whatnot so apparently she was receiving a call from a relative uh, about the situation and uh, perhaps del rio was in an altered state and said something along the lines of, you know, I hope he just dies, or something like that. So Paige pours a drink on his head, and they get in a big fight, and they storm through the airport arguing. Um, like you said, conflicting reports, GFW suspending uh, Alberto, although they've already taped... Uh, you know, three, four weeks of television where he's featured heavily in the main storyline with LAX. Right, right. Uh, he's not, It's not even, as world champion, he is featured heavily. Yeah, and and um, there's no real way to cut around it. Um, there's no way to edit him out or anything like that. So it'll be interesting if he's still suspended by the time the next series of tapings happen, what they'll do. But anyway... Fact check, uh, you were correct. It was an indefinite suspension. Yeah, that's why I, I had read that it was indefinite until the investigation concludes or until correct. they get more information. Um, and but, but, but what you said is correct. Also, um, now Paige is kind of under the thumb for a battery charge, and this has ramifications because she is still under contract to the WWE, and they have a strict um, domestic abuse policy. So if she actually gets slapped with this, she could be suspended even though she's away on injury right now from the WWE. So it's just a very bad pyramid of problems. Um, nothing good is coming from this, and hopefully it resolves soon. And it resolves in a way that, you know, both uh, Paige, uh, her, her physical well-being and her career are still intact. Uh, and the same for Alberto, obviously. Um, but it's just not a good situation. Yeah, they do, as you mentioned, they do have a um, WWE that is has a domestic violence policy. Which, according to this New York Post article, there's corporate language for WWE's website, but I don't have time at this moment, so I will sum it up briefly. Basically, it um, WWE's domestic violence policy, according to a source familiar with the situation, um, states that wrestlers can only be suspended for such misconduct upon arrest and fired upon conviction. So, if she's arrested, she can get suspended. If she is convicted of a crime, she can be fired. And at this point, you'd have to think, with everything that's going around, that they would... They're kind of looking for an excuse at this point. I don't think she's worth 
the trouble that she has caused to the WWE. I still very much yeah. hope she gets her life together, and it's fine. Uh, it ends up working out for her, because she is very talented. That being said, she is in a very bad place, um, and it seems like it keeps cropping up, and you don't necessarily want to speak ill uh, or pass judgment on anybody, but no, it's not. pretty clear that it seems like she seems to be repeatedly in dangerous situations, um, including this latest incident that is really getting headlines for all the wrong reasons. Well, I mean... not. I shouldn't say it's getting headlines for the wrong reasons. I'm saying it's bad headlines when you don't need them. I Yes, I agree. And I, I think that there were a lot of miscalculations from a business standpoint from GFW. Certainly they knew of, you know, Alberto's history with these types of things. Um, not necessarily domestic violence or anything like that, but just kind of ending up in negative headlines. Um, you know, for a while um, at the GFW tapings, they were giving him a post-show open mic and he would shoot on the WWE and he would shoot on Triple H and the New Day and at one point he called them all um, you know a very derogatory word and invited them to his restaurant in um, uh, Texas I believe uh, and he said he would you know kick all their butts and then buy him a drink because he's a true gentleman or something along those lines so you have this kind of loose cannon and, you know, maybe it's a miscalculation to put your all your eggs in his basket, so to speak. Um, and then on the other side, you have Paige, who's young. Uh, I mean, she grew up in the business, um, but she's kind of, she's had, this has been a rough year for Paige, you know, to say the very least. Her family's worried about her well-being, and uh, I think a lot of her fans are as well. Um and I think you're right. I think the WWE, um, they pr- they've probably tried to reach out and they've probably tried to help her. But as we know, there's only so much they can do. And the last thing that they would do is threaten her job. Uh, but I and and I think that they're they would go to that, except the fact that currently we are wrapped up in this um, Dwayne Johnson uh, Seven Bucks Productions movie about Paige. And about Paige's family, and it's it's intermingled with WWE films. So you have all this money and this entire movie riding on on this name that you can't really fire because we don't have all the facts, and it would ruin all the time, money, and effort that's gone into that movie, um, and it would probably sour relationships um, a little bit between The Rock and Vince McMahon because The Rock was kind of spearheading this thing and, and, and a little bit going out of his way to to kind of do a wrestling project and, and do like a WWE-related project. Right. And, it, you know, if Vince is going to fire Paige, which it's all kind of riding on, then, you know, obviously that relationship isn't, isn't going to go great. Uh, you know, that talk isn't going to go great. So there's a lot of factors to this thing, you know, and you have the two biggest companies um, in the U.S., and you have this kind of strained relationship between them, 
and and their you know top male star and and one of their top female stars. So it's it's very complicated. I don't know what the right option or choice is to do here, but uh, obviously something's got to give because they can't keep popping up in these negative TMZ headlines every couple of weeks. Um, or it's, you know, it's just going to end really badly. Alberto has already stepped down. He was, he had kind of a figurehead, uh, you know, general manager esque role in combat Americas, uh, which is a, a Mexican wrestling promotion, uh, or I guess I should say central America wrestling promotion. Um, and he's already stepped away from that due to this. Um, so, yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy situation. A lot going on, a lot going on, and it's in, it's unfortunate because I it it always has felt weird this whole relationship that they had. Now you look at it. Remember a year or so ago when WWE when they did the brand split and uh, El Patron. I'm trying to use his indie name. Um, Al Patron and Paige were put on different brands. And that was supposed to and kind it, of be... And it was known. It was known that they were together and they put them on different brands on purpose. Right. So, so they put them on different brands and like you look at something and it, WWE at the time did not look great for that move. But right now, in hindsight, I feel like they might have been trying to do that to protect her. Or him, or or just or they him because I think at, at, at the time I think he was um, he didn't leave for another couple of months I think so I I don't know he did because that's right he got suspended the both of them got suspended later on that year um, along with with Eva Marie yeah the, the wow everyone is, who uh, got suspended from that has not turned out well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but the, Alberto had a um, an out clause in his contract where if he, he could just get out of it, um, and that's what he did. Right. Um, you know, it, it was it was an interesting move when he even came back from his first departure from the WWE, um, because first they they gave him a lot of money. Um, not like Brock Lesnar or John Cena money, but not that far behind. <laughs> not terrible. Uh, yeah, they gave him a lot of money because he was making a lot of money. I mean, this guy is uh, a megastar in Mexico and has a lot of drawing power in the in the U.S. and the U.K. and you know maybe maybe even could have gone to Japan or something like that. But um, so he he didn't need the WWE. Uh, but I guess they wanted him because they they found him as a, a kind of a powerful asset, especially in certain markets. So they threw a lot of money at him, and they bring him back, and then they don't really do anything with him. They he was kind of flat ever since he returned. Um, you know, they put him in like what was it, the League of Nations? That didn't go anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, remember how like they pushed Sheamus to the top because they felt they had to, and then within two months, the League of Nations happened, and they had really four very talented performers, and within six months after WrestleMania, two of them were gone, and Barrett yeah. and uh, El Patron, I keep wanting to yeah. say Del Rio, I'm, I'm trying my best here, 
Um, well, Alberto Rodriguez is his real name, so if you want to go with that. Alberto. Um, and, uh, I mean, Seamus is the only one that's really come out of that relatively unscarred. I mean, I mean, Rusev's Rus- doing okay. He's Rus- got the Cena program, although for a while Rusev's they been were doing nothing buried. Like he got hurt, but he he was getting buried before that. If you remember, before WrestleMania, there was a match in which he and Jinder Mahal were basically in impromptu singles matches. They both got crushed, and everybody that Rusev has been with that is still in the company, seems to have turned out better than him at this point. Except Summer Rae. Summer is the only one we haven't seen. Yeah, I think, I mean, I heard rumors of he cut his hair without asking and, and that got him heat. Something, it could be something as stupid as that, or it could have been something else, but clearly he had heat for a while, backstage heat, um, because they they really buried him. They took him off TV. When he was ready to come back from injury, they didn't bring him back. They split him up from Lana. Um, so clearly he's working through something. Um, but, you know, he does have this John Cena flag match, so I guess maybe that balances it out. Not really, because we know how this goes. <laughs> Not gonna, yeah. not gonna, not gonna give away any spoilers, but I'm pretty sure John Cena is not gonna lose. Yeah, not with the speech that he gave on SmackDown, invoking, you know, the Second World War and nine eleven, and you know, pretty much every war and American moment in history, and um, saying that because of all that, he's gonna bear the flag, and this flag will fly. Um. You know, as, as Toby Keith weeps in the background. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where you know Cena delivered it well and it made it believable. But there, I I don't know. I had an internal eye roll happening, a very kind of cynical view of it, um, which maybe I shouldn't have. You know, because maybe there is a uh, there's a time and a place for that in entertainment. Uh, like, certainly I didn't, you know, hold it against Sylvester Stallone when he did Rocky Four. That's actually one of my favorite Rocky movies. Um, and it's the same thing, really, you know. So, uh, I don't know. It just, it was a little weird to me, but I, I also think that, you know, delivered that, that promo well um, on SmackDown. Didn't make me believe in the match, though. It it didn't. It make... is at the end of the day, it's still a flag match. So let's not. Get I mean, too I feel like was it was it really a good promo? Like, was it good because it's good qual decent quality? Was it good because the the performers got into it, or was is it not good because I don't think anybody believes that Cena's going to lose that match? Um. Yeah. I. I... I think there's like a 2% chance that Cena will lose, especially since he just came back. He wants to get the ball rolling. Obviously, this is his stepping stone to SummerSlam, where 
he's going to have a high-profile match. We know that. Whether Brock Lesnar. He's going to be champion. What's that? Brock Lesnar. He's going to be champion. Brock Lesnar. We'll uh, take on John not. Cena. Will take on Brock Lesnar. Calling it. Also, really quick before we get too far in in looking at SummerSlam, did you see what came out uh, today? That John Cena has said that his days are numbered as a WWE superstar. I did see that. I thought you were going to bring up something a little more interesting, in my opinion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tell, okay. Well, I could give you, you a see? super brief synopsis, and then you can tell me what you found. <laughs> what, I'm, go, okay, go ahead. Basically, you just said, I just turned 40. I know I'm going to run out of time soon. And I'm really, I know I'm stepping back. Um, so I to give, you know, a lot of the younger uh, talent needs time to go out and do their thing. And I've got my other things going on. So, like, basically everything against all of his promos. But at the same time, like, if you're a legit, like, if you're a smart wrestling fan, you, like, you understand. The man is in his 40s, wants to go do something else. And it's not that he doesn't love the business. He's not going to pull a rock. He's always going to kind of be around. But he's if John Cena is always there and you're booing him because he's saying, I'm going to be here, and then he's gone for six months, bear in mind you could go back to Cena domination from 2010. Yeah, and um, not it's not really the same world it was when Hogan left. I mean, Cena's the closest thing to Hogan that this generation has um he's not really that at that level either but when hogan um left in 93 was it yeah uh 93 or 94 i think it was 93 um there was talk of hogan opening his own promotion um before wcw was even in the picture right uh then they came around and and he linked up with them uh, and obviously went to have his second run in, or, you know, you could even consider it his third run in WCW. Um, it's, it's not that world anymore and he's not as big as Hogan was. So I think John Cena will always stay under the WWE umbrella. He'll always be introduced as, you know, WWE champion, former WWE champion, um, John Cena, so... Right. Yeah. So, um, you said you found something. You read something more interesting. Well, I thought you were... Just because of the discussion and the name we brought up, I thought you were going to talk about how Brock Lesnar has quietly uh, reintroduced himself into the testing pool for USADA, um, which is a pretty big move. Which, um, for, for those for those who do not know, what that means is, by re-entering the drug testing pool, what that means is, that would signal that he is reopening the door for a possibility to return to the UFC, or to do MMA fighting, which you have to be, to do any MMA fighting, any legitimate MMA fighting in this country, you have to go through the US Anti-Doping Agency, which is USADA, um, and you have to go through those drug tests, now, last year, uh, was it last year, <laughs> or was it two years ago? Uh, I think it was two years ago. I've since lost track. When 
Brock Lesnar. Uh, when it, he did the Mark Hunt fight? It was last year, wasn't it? It was last year, yeah. Yeah, so when Lesnar went and fought at UFC 200 and uh, beat Mark Hunt and then got popped for uh, he failed a drug test. Mm-hmm. It was a one-year suspension that was handed down. Upon getting that one-year suspension, Brock Lesnar announced his retirement from mixed martial arts. It was within about a month. Um, and he continued doing his WWE contract and continued on with, with the storylines and Goldberg and da 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 So basically, what has happened now by re-entering the drug pool, uh, drug testing pool, drug pool sounds like something very different, by re-entering <laughs> the drug testing pool, what he is doing is should he come out of retirement and say, I'm ready to go do a fight, he can serve out the rest of his suspension with uh, by the athletic commissions and uh, possibly get a return fight. Now, UFC has vehemently denied that this has happened, meaning that, that they've had any conversation with him. That being said, do you really see, if Brock Lesnar decides he wants to make one last run at MMA, do you really think he's going anywhere but the UFC? Uh, no, I think he'll be going to the UFC, and I think that they want that. Um, this year has not been the greatest year um, in UFC business. Uh, pay-per-view numbers are way down. Um, interest just as a whole is down. Um, they've lost Ronda Rousey, who was their you know, big you know, mass appeal star. Um, Conor McGregor, the other star they had to rely on, um, is wrapped up in this Floyd Mayweather thing. And according to, you know, Dana White himself, Conor McGregor, if he makes enough money off this fight, might never fight again. So you've taken these two huge blows. The heavyweight division is depleted. There's not a whole lot going on. And, I mean, you got John Jones and Cormier coming up. But besides that, I mean, and that might not even do big numbers. I think that had a chance to do big numbers, but that was also a fight that was supposed to be for uh, back at UFC 200, which, remember, that that uh, the Lesnar fight ended up being the main event that night because Jones, uh, I believe he got popped for drugs that week. Yeah. So, I mean, this was a fight that was supposed to happen, and it's kind of, now it's a little bit passe. Um, I mean, people still want to see it, but they're estimating south of 600,000 uh, pay-per-view buys, which is not great. Um, I mean, it's it's good, but it's it's certainly not what the UFC needs right now. No, definitely um, but not. But anyway, so if Brock Lesnar, you know, entered back into the testing pool, you know, in the last couple of days, uh, by all accounts... Because um, they froze his when he announced he was retiring, they froze his suspension. Correct. So uh, his suspension being frozen means that when he comes back, he will have to serve the rest of it. Right, and that uh, there's about five months left. So if he got in the last couple of days, he could theoretically be ready, uh, be eligible, I should say, to fight in mid December of this year. Um. He'd Those... probably, if that were to be the case, if he were to come back for UFC, he would probably end up fighting in January or February. But the thing with that is he needs, you know, eight, nine weeks of camp 
uh, you know, fight camp and, 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 you know, the final build, the way in everything to the fight. So that takes him out of Royal Rumble and potentially WrestleMania if he waits till early next year to do the fight. Um, if he does it in December, he misses out on Survivor Series, uh, but not that huge of a blow still. Uh, not, certainly not as big as Royal Rumble or WrestleMania with, without Lesnar. Now, Lesnar's current WWE deal, which he signed back in 2015, and, and uh, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. He went on ESPN and... They were basically like, you know, are you going to sign with UFC or WWE? And he said, you know, in my heart, I'm an entertainer, uh, and this is the better option for me now. Um, what's crazy is that he left a lot of money on the table doing that because though the WWE pays him very well, they, he, he gets the second uh, highest pay behind John Cena in the WWE, he made 50% of his income last year from that one UFC fight with Mark Hunt. Correct. That's actually what... Last year, he actually was the highest-earning WWE superstar, but that is because of the UFC fight. WWE pays John Cena more, or at least last year, paid John Cena more, both with his contract and with the money he made on merchandise, than Lesnar, but Lesnar getting that fight put him way over the top. Yeah, I think the numbers were approximately $5.5 million, uh, off that one fight for Brock Lesnar between his pay and the pay-per-view points that he got. Um, now, he did get fined from USADA, but the fine was two hundred and fifty grand. So <laughs> a drop in the bucket for $5.5 million uh, payday. Uh, now, when we're talking about numbers like this, it gets very interesting because Brock Lesnar, though he is the beast incarnate, he is a very smart businessman and he knows how to make money. So if he wants to fight, it's going to be very hard for the WWE to tell him no because you're basically saying, no, you can't go make north of $5 million in one night. That's not going to go over well with Brock. And... The WWE knows that, but he is signed for th- he was signed to a three year deal back in 2015, and it comes up shortly following this year's WrestleMania. There are one or two option years, meaning that if neither side makes it clear in writing to the other side that they want to end the contract at its you know quote unquote end date, then it will um, automatically renew for. A year, and then the same thing the next year if no uh, communication is had of that matter. So there's a there's a pretty big decision on the horizon. Brock Lesnar just turned 40 years old. Um, if he does go back to fight, he probably doesn't have many years left. Then uh, again, he is Brock Lesnar, so he might have more than a few years left. Uh, obviously, he would make more money in the UFC, but with that is higher risk of head trauma, injury, um, so forth and so on. And also, he's not protected. In the UFC, he could go out there and get beat easily. In WWE, he's pretty much guaranteed that spot at the top uh, in or around the title, uh, heavyweight title picture. Obviously, always going to be booked to look strong and be able to have 
you know, some creative input on who he wrestles and, and how everything's going to go. So there's a lot there to choose from. Um, and, and, and the other thing is, who does he fight if he does go back to the UFC? Because, you know, right now the heavyweight division is pretty strapped and most of the guys there were guys there when, when he was on top a couple years ago. So you've got Velasquez, you've got Overeem, um, you know, but besides that, who do you really have? I guess, I guess you could do John Jones. That Stipe Miocic, who I think is the heavyweight champion. Yeah, but I, you know, I think that would do a lot for, for him, but I don't think that would do, (laughs) that wouldn't be a marquee fight. Is that what you're doing with, if Brock Lesnar goes back to the UFC, is all you're doing marquee fights? Like he's not really fighting for a title. I mean, you could, but by the way, he would kill John Jones. Just so we're clear, like John Jones, I think at his forty pound difference. John Jones, I think at his heaviest, as far as like near fighting condition, because he generally John Jones generally fights light heavyweight, which is two oh five. Probably at his heaviest is probably two thirty. Whereas Brock Lesnar routinely probably walks into most fights at two eighty. So you know, yeah, two eighty probably heavier than that for the Mark Hunt fight, to be honest. Maybe. I mean, he's he's you know you cut weight at that that size at that size. I mean, it's it's tough to tell. I always wish they would weigh them just before they walked out because that's always <laughs> something that's been very interesting to me is how much weight do they put back on in that twenty four hours? Uh, all right, so we've got ten minutes left. Uh, real okay. quick before we go to battleground and we go through our rapid fire predictions, Kurt Angle. We yeah. have a wrestling storyline <laughs> just straight up. I don't know what era to pull this from. The most recent time they've done this was Mr. McMahon's illegitimate son in 2007, which was But Horn's even that model. had pomp and circumstance to it. You know, even that was more of a reveal. I and think that was that... supposed to be a different wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be Mr. Kennedy, but Kennedy. we know how that went. Um, which would have been interesting. But with this, I think most people were disappointed, not in what it was itself, but in the flatness of this reveal that was built up for months. This feels very much like Paul Heyman is introducing his new uh, client, and it's Curtis Axel. Yeah. And the, yeah. Which I don't mean to disparage anyone involved in any of these scenarios because you've got two legitimate Hall of Famers. I don't know if Heyman is in the Hall of Fame. He sure should be. Um, He's not currently. Angle is obviously newly in the Hall of Fame. And then you've got Curtis Axel, who has all the talent in the world but never quite clicked. And I think Jason hey, Jordan... Raj might be his big break. I'm hoping it is, because I guess we, we started the show with you asked me if I was a Bo Lever. Not particularly, but I would like for him to prove me wrong, because he he and Axel both seem very talented. And I would love for Axel to get a good run and at least establish himself on a card. Yeah, I remember a couple years ago, both of those guys, you know, they were kind of pinned as like, you know, these are the guys with so much potential, especially Bo. 
they were like this, you know. And then they, they couldn't wait to. He, he, I think he started in FCW when he was eighteen, and they couldn't wait to take him on the road. But they wanted to uh, wait till he was twenty-one. So, but you know, something along the line happened, and um, both those guys kind of got pushed down. Um, the social yeah. outcasts. What's that? The social outcasts happened. Yeah. Not yeah, a not um, a good look. Although I really enjoyed the social outcasts, I was kind of hoping they were going to let them run a little bit longer. Um, was Jinder in that? Huh? Wasn't Jinder in that? No, Jinder was in Three Man Band. Um, the the social outcasts were Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Heath Slater, and Adam Rose. Um, Adam Rose. That's the Adam Rose okay. was the fourth, and when Heath Slater was not drafted, he brought back Jinder Mahal to to uh, make himself, I think, part of a tag team and say, you know, yeah, you gotta you gotta sign us, da 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 da, and then he basically, uh, I believe, Mick Foley said, all right, fine, you two compete for for a contract. Jinder Mahal won the match. That was the best move I think Mick Foley made. Was clearly was making sure that Jinder Mahal got signed because yeah. he's now a world champion. He's the best in the world. He beat Randy Orton. And Bob Orton. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, do real quick, Kurt Angle is Jason Jordan's father. Um, do we think this is going to work well or poorly for Jason Jordan? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? Is this the big break for Jason Jordan or is it the kiss of death? Um, I think it's too early to be angry or frustrated or thinking it's going to fail because we don't know what direction they're going to go. There's a lot of creative ways they could do it. They could eventually, I mean, they, they could use it as a way to get Kurt into a match. Either somebody attacks Jason Jordan and injures him and Kurt has to defend him or you know vice versa they could they could have somebody attack Kurt and then Jason Jordan comes to the aid or down the line they could reveal that it was all a big ruse and and Jason Jordan goes heel on angle and then that sets up a match between the, the two of them uh, but you know as it stands right now I don't know my my senses are telling me that it's not gonna go great it's gonna I think that they're gonna have a issue getting the storyline over and Vince McMahon's gonna lose faith in it quickly and then bury it. And we're gonna have that and I'm I, I guess they I guess they saw with like the end zone cast thing that, you know, prolonged mystery storylines boost ratings when you go to reveal what's actually happening. And apparently, so especially if Corey Graves is involved, and, and and Corey Graves must be involved. Speaking of mystery storyline, uh, who's left now that Jason Jordan's gone to Raw to be Kurt Angle's son, and American Alpha is disbanded? Who's left to be the culprits for, you know, the Fashion Police's uh, vandalism? Really quick. Chad Gable would have been better for the storyline they're doing with Jason Jordan. <laughs> they they picked yes. the wrong American Alpha member. Not and I this think has even nothing... last week said that uh, 
Chad Gable would be better. <laughs> I And this is nothing to do with anything as far as... Uh, Jason Jordan, I think, has the better look of the two of them. But I think Chad Gable's better on the mic. And I think he's a little bit better in the ring. They're both really good. Um, well, yeah. I mean, Jason Jordan floundered for years in NXT. It wasn't until they put him with Chad Gable. And Chad Gable could be the mouthpiece that they took off. But, you know... You you stand Jason Jordan next to Chad Gable and Vince McMahon looks up to one of them and Vince McMahon looks down to one of them and and he made his decision. I, I you just, know it's as simple as that. Chad Gable went to the Olympics. Like I just I think they missed an opportunity. If you were gonna do this storyline, you you made a mistake. You picked the wrong one. Um, okay, so and that's nothing against Jason Jordan. I actually think he would have been better having his own being in Chad Gable's shoes. I think it's hurting both of them to do it this way. I think they would have been better to be switched. But I digress. Uh, we're running out of time. Rapid fire. Let's go through our predictions for Battleground. Um, well, I just want to get, who do you who do you predict, because this is for Battleground, who do you predict is the culprits in the fashion police? Sanity. From Sanity? NXT. I, I, I guess I could see that. I mean, they're not, they don't really have an ongoing program in NXT currently, so... I guess they could be called up. I could see it happening. Um, it would also be a way to completely... So they've pretty much ended the fashion files, the way that it kind of makes it look. What is a way to essentially completely shut off any of uh, where Brizongo was going, as bad as that sounds for them? Introduce a completely different tag team in, in Sanity and just have them destroy Brizongo. I really love Brizongo. I hope that doesn't necessarily happen, but that would be a really good way to introduce Sanity, and it would inject some life into that tag team division, which is floundering at the moment. Um, That's true. Do I don't have... think it's going to be that good. I think we're going to get <laughs> Rowan and Harper. I wouldn't necessarily be upset about that either, but a little a little telegraphed. Um, they, would, they would kill fun. that. So, All right, so uh, rapid fire. Let's go through it. In the kickoff match, Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English. Does English have a chance? No, I don't think so. Thank goodness, because Ty Dillinger needs a win. Um, Brizongo, obviously, is going to find out who's been uh, roughing up their office. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis. In, uh, in a rematch from a match we to... saw on SmackDown. Yeah, I think this has got to go to Kanellis because, you know, Sami Zayn's role is to be everyone's best first match agreed and, and mike canellis has maria on his tights so that's always a win for me um reminds me a little maria bit of billy gunn outside of that i'm sorry i said maria still as hot as she was 10 years ago yes but she's actually gotten a lot better on the mic and in the ring <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's a yes. much better all-around performer. M uh, Maria Kanellis spent her time away from the WWE incredibly productively. Her time in Japan has done wonders for her. Uh, so uh, then we have the fatal five-way elimination match to determine Naomi's opponent at SummerSlam. Charlotte versus Becky Lynch versus Natalia versus Tamina versus Lana. Who is your winner? <sighs> I don't know. I gotta go with Charlotte. Agreed. I don't think any of these other four make as much sense. I don't I think, even know why Lana's in the match. This 
the only reason I think Lana actually could be a dark horse because I could see where Tamina helps her win. Maybe inadvertently. Well, I think it would be the other way around. I think Tamina would win with Lana's help. It's all whether or not because Charlotte is, they've clearly got Charlotte as a face. Do you want Charlotte as a face going against Naomi in what would be a big summer, a bigger summer slam match? Or do you want it to be Tamina where Naomi is clearly the favorite, but obviously not as big a deal? Um, I don't know. I think you go with the bigger value and I think Charlotte is going to very much play the role that her father played where, she can go heel on faces, and she can go face on heels. Agreed. Uh, the United States Championship match between champion AJ Styles and uh, challenger Kevin Owens, the not new face of America, who apparently has lost part of his gimmick. Um, who who wins this? Um, Does Styles lose so soon after winning? I could see them taking it off Styles if they're going to shoot him up to the main event picture. But I don't know if they're ready to do that quite yet. I mean, eventually he will go back there, so oh, I don't know. If, go ahead. I, I guess for, for now, Styles. I agree. Uh, they're really teasing that Styles-Nakamura match because they know people want it. I really hope it doesn't turn into nothing. Um, so I agree. Well, they also teased Styles Cena, so, I mean, we've got a lot of programs in, in line for Styles, and, I mean, he's, you know, it almost feels like they should, they should have switched who they have currently as WWE champ and US champ. Maybe. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be Cena versus, uh, Jinder at SummerSlam to try and help get Jinder more over. Um. I, possibly. So, uh, it. by the way, hint at my two of my next picks. Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> takes on Baron Corbin, Mr. Money in the Bank. Who wins? Mm. If, they have, if they have Baron lose, then he's probably going to cash in, right? So Maybe not. It's not uncommon for Money in the Bank winners to struggle early on. We saw that with Sheamus two years ago. Yeah. Sheamus actually was horribly booked after he won Money in the Bank. So if you're assuming they're going to do good booking, I don't think that's a good idea. This is a tough one because they both need the win. Um, I don't think it's as tough as you think. (laughs) I don't know. Who do you have? Nakamura gets the win, but by disqualification as Corbin uses the briefcase to hit Nakamura and Corbin gets out. The other the other option, Nakamura still wins, but they have a war, and it takes everything out of Nakamura to beat Corbin, which incapacitates Corbin so he doesn't get involved in the Punjabi prison match later. Maybe. Something also, where Corbin can't get involved in the match later, you know, uh, would be, would be smart. Well, again, um, we can't assume smart booking on the WWE's part. I know. It's so tough to, to say. Uh, smack- uh, but yeah, yeah sorry, go I ahead. could go with Nakamura. I could go either way on that one. I, I really don't know because they both need the win equally in my mind. All right. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line as the champion Usos take on the New Day. Last time these two fought, these two teams matched up uh was at Money in the Bank where the Usos took the count out 
and lost the match but retained their titles. Did the New Day finally strip the Usos of the titles? I think so, and I think it'll set up the big rematch at SummerSlam, but uh, I think the New Day, they're ready to pull that trigger and, and put the championships back on them. I think it makes the most sense. I think you're halfway right. The New Day wins, but I think the New Day doesn't have a match at SummerSlam. I think they're more like hosts. Not officially like they were at WrestleMania, but I think they go out and they have a big spot like they did with Jon Stewart last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I don't think they actually have a match. All right, so our, which would right now be listed as the semi-main, which I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, John Cena and Rusev in a flag match in which they did the work of explaining how to win a flag match, uh, which I thought it was just you had to go up and get the flag, but apparently you have to go get it and then take it up the ramp. Yeah, I think they added that for, you know, added drama and spots. You know those flags are going to hit the ground, right? (laughs) Like, some people take that very seriously. (laughs) Yeah, well... You shouldn't be watching a sport that uh, is as goofy and over the top as it is. Good call. Cena wins? Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, it's the second of three patriotic-themed matches on the on the card, so... USA. 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 Yeah, a lot of USA chants from the Wells Fargo Center. I'm Chew sure. it up. And your main event of the evening, WWE champion Jinder Mahal, because we just have to say it to get used to it, defends his title against Randy Orton in a Punjabi prison match. I can't say it quite like Jinder. It's too good. Punjabi. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. He needs a cough drop or something. I have no idea. Does Randy Orton escape the Punjabi prison? That's part one. I'll ask you part two after your prediction. Well, I think that the Singh brothers are going to be under the ring, right? Nobody's doubting that. I think yes. This well, they're. They, I will say they're display. They're showing the Singh brothers in the graphic for the match. I think they're actually going to come out. I think they're going to be outside the outer ring, the uh, outer uh, cage. I don't yeah. bamboo. Uh, and I think at some point, as Orton is climbing, I think they're going to climb up with him. And he's gonna he's gonna have to fight him off that way. You know, it'd be cooler if it was actually bamboo and not just metal pipes painted to look like bamboo, because then they could do spots where like guys get speared or thrown through the first cage, you know. I feel I like that, that would be, be cool. super dangerous. Yes, but it would be cool. <laughs> I don't disagree it would be cool. So do we both have gender winning? I don't really see why he wouldn't win in if they're going to really try to establish Jinder as a champion and this is going to now be his match then he's got to win. Although to be fair, Great Khali is the one who introduced it and went oh, well technically he went 0 for 1 but he didn't win either match. Yeah, but you know, Jinder nothing against the Great Khali who we're a big fan of on this podcast. He is um, the, he is one of the greatest world heavyweight champions we've ever seen. It, he yes. was so great, he couldn't help but have it in his name. I think that, you know, Jinder is more of a serious wrestler, uh, more of a serious athlete, competitor. 
So if they want to establish this as his match, not because he's a monster, but because he is who he is, then they'll have him win. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the point of putting the belt back on Orton would be, you know, because who does he face at, at SummerSlam? That's, you know, right around the corner. You keep it on gender, there's a few guys you could face. Like you said, Cena versus gender would be, you know, a big match for the title. Um, and then if gender goes over there, then, you know, they, they further established him. They're getting the payoff on all these guys, Orton, Cena, that they've been putting over for the last decade. Now they're making the next star, which is, you know, for better or worse, Jinder Mahal. The modern-day modern Maharaja. Maharaja. Um, will this be the best Punjabi prison match we've seen? It's got to be, right? <laughs> well, both of these men walk faster than, uh, well, snow going uphill. So I would say, yeah, I would say this should probably be the best one. Although the question really lies, how high is the ceiling for the entertainment value on this match to begin with? It can't be very high. Like, this is going to be a nightmare to watch live. It's going to be difficult to watch at home. Yeah, I mean... It's like everything that sucks about seeing a steel cage match live or seeing Hell in a Cell or Elimination Chamber live is amplified in the Punjabi prison because it's two sets of things you have to look through. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting and... And I think that, uh, uh, well, I don't know if you've heard the story of uh, Shane Helms, you know, formerly known as the Hurricane. Um, Gregory when they, Helms. Sorry. Yeah. When they were um, doing the first one, Pat Patterson was kind of, they were, in the, they were in the ring. The cage was set up around the ring. The Punjabi prison was set up. And they, Pat Patterson was kind of like, Okay, you point, the door opens, the door stays open for a minute, then it closes, it never opens again. And Shane Helms was like, this guy is literally just making up the rules as he goes <laughs> to create dramatic spots, you know? Yes. Which is genius, but I think one minute is a little too long. I think the doors should pro- maybe only stay open for 30 seconds. That's more drama, you know, more of a chance for the door to close in somebody's face, which is the shot that they're going to have and the spot that they're going to have. Um, I think it could be an entertaining match. I really do. I I hope so. I really do. Um, I really do hope so. I think there's, there's, I think there's a lot on the line here and this is definitely going to be a B show as far as the pay-per-views go, but hmm. all right. Um, we'll end it with this. Do you know that Brock, did you know that Brock Lesnar has four children? Uh, yeah. Because I didn't know Same that right? before I looked this up. Would you care to know their names? Ooh. No, no, I'm not well, asking if you know them. I'm asking if you would care to know them. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We'll go through the four Lesnar children. Son, his uh, three sons. I will. I, let's start with his daughter. His daughter is Maya Lynn Lesnar. Maya, M-Y-A. His sons are Duke Lesnar. Luke Lesnar and Turk Lesnar. T-U-R-K, Turk. Duke, Luke, and Turk? Mm-hmm. 
They're not German shepherds. <laughs> well, you know, with the Les with the Lesnar genes, they might be bears, though. Yeah, but that, I mean, he gave them dog names. <laughs> Even Maya is like a dog name. Well, it's it's Maya Lynn. Oh, okay. Gotta have both parts in there. Did he give his first name as their middle name? Are their names Luke Brock, Duke Brock, and Turk Brock? One of those kids' middle name is Edward, because that's Brock's middle name, and I just assume it's Turk. Turk Edward Lesnar. Oh, my God. Well, maybe <laughs> that, we'll be seeing... That was your useless fact of the day. <laughs> maybe we'll be seeing Duke Luke or Turk Lesnar in UFC or WWE one day. Oh, no, any one of those children, and I think they're pretty young, could destroy me in a fight right now. So I have no qualm with the fact that they would absolutely eat me alive, much like their father. I'll just, I want everyone to know that you were on record making fun of Brock Lesnar's children, not I. So. You're the one who said they were German shepherd names. Well, that's not making fun of his children. That's making fun of Brock Lesnar's naming ability. I'm not making fun of his children. I'm literally telling you any of them could beat me up. Oh, I think man. I'm 10 years older than the oldest one. Or 20 years older than the oldest one. Any one of them could annihilate me. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Um, of course, you are... Uh, you're wrestling for ACW next Friday, the 20, uh, 28th of July. Yeah, ACW, Denton Fire Hall. Um, you know, you can go to Adrenaline Championship Wrestling, Facebook. Uh, I think it's Adrenaline Wrestling or AdrenalineChampionshipWrestling.com. Um, you can buy tickets online. You can message me on Facebook. Uh, just search Lee Brando. Add me as a friend. Shoot me a message. I can get you set up with tickets. Or find me on Twitter, or Instagram, or Snapchat at LeeBrando underscore, and uh, you can hit me up on there, and I'll you know set up uh, how you can get tickets. Uh, Ryan will be there, the co-host. Uh, I am obligated to attend. Show. Yes, he's he's he has to be there, and he's gonna maybe take pictures. I don't know. Um, I will try to take pictures. The last time I went to an ACW show and tried to take pictures, it didn't go well as far as my pictures were concerned. So we, that's why those pictures never came up. But I will try again because the first the Baltimore Championship Wrestling that we did, what was that, back in March? Is that how long ago that was? Um, those turned out great. So Speaking might do some which, photos. A little yeah. update from that. Uh, on a recent show, Jeff Jarrett beat the Pope. And Jeff Jarrett is now the Baltimore Championship Wrestling Champion. Just so you know, I saw that too. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, uh, interesting things going on over at BCW, but ACW next yeah. Friday uh, in Denton. Check that out. I We will share the event page sometime in the next week uh, so that you can get a chance to catch up on that. Um, yeah, all right. We want to fill up the Denton Fire Hall. Uh, you know, a lot of great wrestlers and talents from around this area uh are going to be there gilberg is going to be there so what's not you know what's what more do you want if i remember correctly um is the uh, the acw heavyweight champion vic ramon is defending his title uh against uh michael zamato is Michael's that correct Amato. yep 
That is correct. That is probably going to be the main event. That's the heavyweight championship match. Uh, I've seen Vic Ramon do some crazy stuff, and Michael Zamato is crazy. So <laughs> Michael Zamato is has one of the best gimmicks in professional wrestling. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, so definitely check that out. Um, that will do it for us. Stay tuned for the plugs, and we'll see you all next week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.